Hello, SCF Student Ministries. Uh, Devin here. And uh, last week we kicked things off um, of our new series that we're going through by talking a little bit about, uh, in quotes, cancel culture and how social media can sometimes be a pretty ugly and angry place for us to be on. Um, but social media can also be a pretty wholesome and entertaining place, um, especially when um, maybe like your grandparents get involved. Sometimes we think about grandparents being on it and be like, oh, I don't want them to see my be on social media whatever it can be embarrassing but i mean honestly it's pretty funny i mean there's a um between youtube videos but um as you probably know grandparents and technology probably don't always go super well together you might have a fairly i would say my grandma's pretty tech savvy for her age um she uses instagram um but a lot of grandparents really struggle with technology um I think it's funny when you see other people's grandparents post like weird stuff on the internet or whatever, but I wouldn't mind spending a little less time being their own personal tech support is how I feel sometimes. Um, that might remind you of someone in your family that maybe the, your role with them when it comes to technology, all you think about is all the issues that you have to help them with. Uh, <laughs> um, so does anyone think about it yourself if there's someone in your family who's a little confused about how the internet works and have you ever had to help them solve a technology problem? Um, and I'm sure you're happy to help your grandparents, aunts, uncles, or maybe your parents figuring out their technology questions. Um, maybe the first 50 questions anyway. But after that, I'd understand if you started to lose your patience a little bit. And it's easy to get frustrated, um, especially with family when someone needs help doing something that seems super easy and basic to us. I'm sure there are times you want to tell um, Aunt Edna or whatever to just look it up on YouTube, but then you might have to explain YouTube to her as well. Um, every day we face opportunities to help others in small ways, whether it's showing your grandma how to use emojis or helping a kid tie their shoe or letting someone at your lunch table know they have uh, some corn and stuck in their teeth or something. Um, but depending on the person, the need, your mood, and how busy you are, maybe you help them or maybe you don't. Everyone is helpful and generous some of the time, but what about the times we'd rather not be helpful when we're too busy, annoyed, tired, or maybe we're sure someone else will help them if we don't so we don't feel like the need that we need to. Um, every day we're surrounded by people who need help with things that are a lot more serious than figuring out how to post a picture on social media. Um, there's a video that if you have time to watch, um, you can ask me for it or you can try to look it up yourself. Um, it's called, would you stop if you saw this little girl on the street and it's, uh, by UNICEF. Um, but if you watch the video, I don't know how you, or what you think or what you felt when you, when you watched that video, but maybe you thought about a time when you failed to help someone in need. Maybe you remembered a time when you needed help, but no one was there for you. Maybe you've done both. Uh, when we're in need, we're at our most vulnerable, but unfortunately, we don't always respond with compassion, care, or concern when we see someone else in need. Instead, we respond with impatience, discomfort, disgust, or suspicion, maybe. The reality is that sometimes we'll be the ones who are able to help, and sometimes we'll be the ones in need. Knowing that, wouldn't you like to live in a world where we all cared for each other when we're at our most vulnerable? I know I would. And I believe that kind of world is possible and that Jesus is challenging us to go and uh, and create that world for us to live in. In the in the Gospels, in the Bible, those are the, the first four books of the New Testament that tell the stories of Jesus' life. We find examples of Jesus meeting the needs of the most vulnerable people. 
And in Jesus' days, um, they were often interrupted by people's cries for help, like the time um, a blind man named uh, Bartimaeus, if you've heard that name, shouted at Jesus while he walked down the road. So I'm going to read from Mark chapter 10, uh, 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, Rabbi, I want to see you. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Does this remind you of that video that um, I just mentioned? If you watched it, Bartimaeus pleaded for help but was told to be quiet. The crowds couldn't be bothered to help him. To them, he was just another beggar, not worthy of their help or attention. But to Jesus, Bartimaeus was worthy of his time, his attention, and his help. On another day, uh, Jesus was busy again. He was on his way to save the life of a dying girl. And he when, um, and when he was on his way, he was interrupted by someone when, uh, who needed his help. So now we're going to move along to Luke chapter 8. Um, and I'm going to be in verses 40 through 48, if you are following along. Uh, so now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touch me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So because of this woman's, um, because of her gender and her illness, this woman would not have been seen as someone worthy of Jesus' time or attention by the, by the crowd and the bystanders there. And she most likely believed this too. And that's why she didn't try to speak to Jesus, but simply reached out to touch the edge of his robe instead. After all, Jesus was an important man, and she wasn't, according to her and her society. But to Jesus, she was worthy of his time, his attention, and his love. He spoke to her, called her daughter, and met her needs with love. But Jesus didn't just show us how to care for people in need. He talked about it, too. And shortly before his death and resurrection, Jesus used a parable to explain something important about God and the kingdom of God. And in this parable, he used two animals, sheep and goats. So I don't know if you guys have been around sheep or goats in your life. I mean, we all are from Silverton or surrounding areas, so it's likely that we've experienced them before. Um, but in case you don't, goats are super independent animals. Um, even when they're members of a herd of goats, they 
are often out on their own exploring or head out alone, they tend to be more concerned about themselves than they are with the rest of the goats in their herd. Um, sheep, on the other hand, are all about their herd. They stick together all the time. You might get a couple random sheep that are sneak, might sneak out on their own, but for the most part, sheep are always huddled up in their herd, and you can see that anytime you drive by a field like that. Um, so keep this in mind as we read um, this parable from Jesus. So we are going to be in uh, Matthew 25, um, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? Clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also, they will also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in, or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So, how does, how does God judge who are sheep and who are goats? He makes this decision according to how they treat people, specifically people who are in need. Goats are the unrighteous goats, were the ones who didn't care for people in need, maybe because they were too busy thinking about themselves. In the video I talked about earlier, this might have referred to the people who asked the little girl to be removed from the restaurant rather than giving her something to eat. Um, the righteous sheep were the ones who saw someone in need and ran to help, maybe because they saw themselves as part of a herd and were concerned about the other sheep nearby. According to Jesus, sheep are the kind of people who keep their eyes open for the needs of others and ask, how can I help? So who knew farm animals could teach us so much about caring for each other? Um, but through Jesus' example and his teaching, Jesus constantly cared for people who had been uh, canceled, forgotten, disrespected, and ignored because of their needs. And now he challenges you to do the same, to love people who are in need. So when we study the actions and the teachings of Jesus, here are a few things um, that we can learn about how to meet the needs of others and how not to. So first, it's not only about our actions, it's about our hearts. Jesus doesn't challenge us to only act concerned about others or to put on a show of meeting people's needs. In this parable, the sheep didn't know 
anyone had noticed what they did for others, but they did it anyway. Jesus doesn't only care about what we do. He cares about what's happening inside our hearts and minds too. It's not only about loving others. It's about loving God. That's number two. Jesus challenges us um, to love others well. Yes, but he's letting us in on a secret. When we love others by meeting their needs, we show our love for Jesus. And every time we care for someone who is vulnerable, it's a gift of love and worship to God. Number three, it's not about what we have. It's about what we can give. As we've talked about meeting the needs of others, maybe you've thought, I can't help anyone. My family doesn't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot to give. But Jesus wasn't talking to only wealthy or important people in these passages. He was talking to ordinary people like you and me. No matter what we have, whether that's time or compassion, money, friendship, skills, Jesus says we can use it for God's purposes and kingdom when we give sacrificially, passionately, and willingly. Lastly, it's not about them, it's about us. Sometimes when we talk about meeting others' needs, we talk as though we're we're the people with all the power, resources, or stuff to share, while people in need are a separate group of people. When we think this way, it's easy to see someone as if they're less valuable than we are, even while we're starving them. But do you remember the way Jesus spoke to the blind man and the sick woman who needed his help? He treated them not just with compassion, but with respect, and he made the crowds pay attention to them. Instead of speaking for them, he asked them to speak for themselves. Jesus didn't just give people charity. He gave people respect. And we can do that too when we remember that it's not about us and the people who need us. There is only us. We're all equally loved, seen, and valued by God. So how do we do this? How can we care for the people around us who are in need? Do we need to wait for a little girl to walk to up, walk up to us in a restaurant? Do we need to ask God to help us heal the blind or the sick? How um, do we practically meet the needs of people around us? And there are so many opportunities all around us because there are so many needs all around us if we're paying attention. Just like Jesus noticed the needs of Bartimaeus and the sick woman, What would it look like for you to notice a need and then respond in love? Um, In youth group tonight, we're going to be looking at an example in a video. um, But basically, the video is of um, some students giving new clothes to a classmate that had been bullied. And they're literally giving the clothes off their back for this kid. So remember how we said that being in need makes someone vulnerable? And that sometimes people treat vulnerable people with cruelty. That's exactly what happened here. But then something else happened. These boys found a way to use what they had had to meet someone's need. So how might you do the same? Um, There's tons. There's so many examples of this, like whether it's a skill you have or just time that you can give to somebody else to help them with something, Um, maybe helping them with their homework, um, helping somebody if they are moving, um, helping them pack up boxes, like whatever it could be. There's so many examples. things around us um, that it could be and in Jesus time people in need were often canceled by society instead of helped they were ignored judged or left to fend for themselves and we still have that problem today don't we but if you want to love like Jesus loves and I hope you do love people who are in need when you do it's like you're doing it for Jesus himself so thank you guys for uh, listening and I hope to see you next week